Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Grisco. I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Boys, it's week four. So we can say, hey, we got to week four before the NFL started to fall apart from coronavirus. <laughs> I'm going to have some of my only undefeated seasons ever. It's going to be great. Uh, Evan, I think that... Uh, you should. Uh, you definitely have that number of chickens right now. I know they're not hatched yet, but I definitely think you have that number of chickens. Oh, I just mean. Ah, so Florida is what it is. Yeah. So, um, what we're talking about is uh, no Titans, no Steelers this weekend because the Titans have like ten coronavirus positives going on right now, and the NFL was able to rejigger with some buys and um, move. Luckily, they played Baltimore, or they had buys in consecutive weeks, and they just rejiggered the times that they played Baltimore, and it all worked out, luckily. Lucky for the NFL that that happened. So the ramifications from this is, if you're on Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, they're just regular bye weeks. Sleeper was a little more forward-thinking and designated everybody on the Steelers and everybody on the Titans as COVID IR. So um, I know they don't have COVID, but I think that that... um, that's kind of fair. I mean, what do you guys think about Sleeper calling uh, everybody this weekend on COVID um, instead of their bye? Got to do that. ESPN and Yahoo dropped the ball. Mike, what do you think? Well, I called it as a bye week in my league. So you I, did? Yeah, I, I don't see the game. The game is going to be played regardless. And it not being played this week just seems like there was a bye week in week four instead of week seven or eight, which those teams have. So to me, it's a bye week. I, I don't know why COVID has anything to do with it. I mean, I, I do get it because the players have COVID, but it's not. Yeah. Putting them in an IR when they're not going to play doesn't make much sense to me. See, this is the way that I thought about it, um, is that what happens if uh, this just keeps, because we got another two today, I believe, two more players tested positive. And if we're being cagey on the details, it's because they don't release the players' names. They released the first three, and it was a long snapper, a depth defensive end, and um, I think a practice squad tight end, so they don't matter for fantasy. But this is the way I think about it. So if the Titans keep getting this drumbeat of two guys, two guys, two guys, and they they end up canceling next week's game. Does that mean the all the Bills players suddenly have a bye and the Titans have two buys? And then you're all of a sudden in a roster crunch you weren't expecting where you have to work around two buys from, from players like Derrick Henry or Jonu Smith or, I mean, hell, as an A.J. Brown owner, I'm fine giving them an ex, giving him an extra week to sit. But I think what Sleeper did is they looked at it like I don't like they don't think this is the end of this problem in the NFL. And this way, it keeps them, no matter what happens, it keeps them fluid for what the NFL might decide to do in the future. Well, that's my that's my thought on it. Th- this is sort of what I did in the beginning when this news first came out. I said, okay, if if there is if there is going to be a late cancellation for COVID, then you can substitute a certain player for such player. So if you have Ben Roethlisberger and on your bench you have Jared Goff. You can say, okay, well, I was going to start Ben Roethlisberger, but since we don't know if the game's going to be canceled, if it's going to be canceled last minute, then you could say my substitute in case it's canceled last minute is Jared Goff. That I, I, I that was sort of what I implemented early. Now, if it get if it get, gets to be like what you're talking about, where it's like a continuous process, 
then I can see it being an IR situation. But I'm not going to, like, jump the gun on something that we don't really know about until we actually know about it. Okay. And um, literally, as you were saying this, as we're recording this, they announced the two of the players. One is Cameron Batson, um, who is a wide, a depth wide receiver for the Titans. The other one is Adam Humphreys. So that might cause some problems down the line for the Titans. That is going to be a rough go for them if Humphreys um, can't come back. Because uh, Humphreys has been doing okay. In, uh, he's been helping out a bit in um, A.J. Brown's absence. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, it's um, This is what we knew was going to happen. You know, uh, We have all these COVID uh, things going on. We watched it on Hard Knocks and... We just kind of hoped that it would never um, affect the, the regular season. But unfortunately, it is. And here we are. So no, uh, I mean, you have all these players not wearing masks. I mean, I, I, I get it that they can't. Then, then on top of that, you have all these coaches not wearing masks. Then you have people in the fans that aren't wearing masks. I mean, it's just like, OK, you know, they, th- this was going to be the case. The only way to not do this is to do it the way basketball did it. But. I, I don't think you can – I don't know. I, I don't think you can do that the way basketball did it, obviously not, because baseball didn't do it that way. Football didn't do it that way. So whatever. It, as you said, this was going to be a, an obvious situation. The thing about basketball and hockey is that they were in the playoffs. So they would play the same team over and over again, which made it a lot easier. Yeah, and they were uh, bubbled. So it was made it a lot, a lot easier because they didn't have to, have to go anywhere. Uh, MLB was able to – mostly pull it off except for the couple instances of teams going plague ship um with a guy here and a guy there getting getting hurt most of the time but um yeah i mean we'll see i don't think this is the end of coronavirus uh in the nfl this season i think it would be silly to think that it would be a little hubristic which means it's exactly how the nfl is thinking because that's how they think is uh silly and hubristic so um all right Got that out of the way, the coronavirus talk off the top. So, boys, um, how are you doing this week? Mike, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I wish all these injuries would stop. You know, these NFL injuries are just driving me crazy. It's Even with deep rosters, it's hard to to find replacements. I mean, I have a lot of deep roster leagues, and I'm, like, starting Braxton Berrios. You know, and it's just because it's sort of forced in my hand and not only are they out they're out for like several weeks or out for the year it's uh, hopefully this will be the end of it and it'll start to smooth out but right now i good luck to everybody well on that note my sleeper app is blowing up with injury news so <laughs> we'll get into the injuries as we go game by game but evan how are you i'm glad to be here i'm finishing up project ruben tomorrow scared and nervous to see how that that's where i make a, a reuben sandwich entirely from scratch like i make the bread and i corn the beef and stuff uh, i'm nervous you're nervous yeah i mean worst case scenario you get a sandwich yeah how, how's reuben feeling about all this got him great he's got he, he, he i i'm i am so good on the mic on a hot mic just nailing it evan yeah evan uh, <laughs> Pick it up, man. What's going on? So good. I'm nervous, man. It's I've been just a sandwich. Weeks and I don't know. I don't know because the corning doesn't doesn't. You can't tell how it tastes from the. You can't tell how the how it smells from the from the smell of it. 
Ah, I'm nervous about my sandwich. Sandwiches it's are a, important to me. It's a sandwich. Worst case scenario, you still have a sandwich. And either way, I'll be posting pictures of it in our Discord food chat thread, so you can share no, in my misery or joy. Nobody needs to know how it actually tastes, Evan. As far as literally anybody knows, it's the best sandwich that's ever been made. I invited my in-laws over because I knocked uh, I knocked the Cuban sandwich from scratch out of the park. So, ah, I have an audience. Okay, well, I'm saying on the internet, nobody knows. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, FanDuel.com slash Football Absurdity is the sponsor for this one. That'll get you a uh, 20% deposit up to 500 bucks. Help us out. Uh, four for four promo code BEERSHEETS will get you 25% off of a subscription. Also helps us out. Patreon, patreon.com slash Football Absurdity uh, gets you access to a patrons-only channel in the Discord and the Discord, tiny.cc slash Absurdity. We're only 100 episodes in. I finally figured out how to knock those things out of the park really fast. How'd that work out for you guys? Great. All right. So let's get into Thursday night football. This one was uh, two bad teams, uh, Denver 37, uh, Jets 28. And all I care about is this stat line, two for two, 16 yards. We got an elite quarterback in the game, guys. Joe Flacco, baby. (laughs) Joe Flacco came in because Sam Darnold hurt his shoulder in the second quarter, and uh, he had to go get it checked out. So Flacco came in, did a bunch of handoffs, threw a couple balls, and called it a day. So, uh, Mike, what do you think was the big story from this one? I I think probably the biggest story was the extreme um, reaction about uh, Rippon and then the extreme letdown (laughs) of Rippon. After he threw like two consecutive interceptions, and I mean he looked good though. I have to tell you, he, he looked really good. And then all of a sudden, just like you know, the wheels that aren't lugged on correctly, it, it just bam, it just came apart. Wheels wheels went everywhere, lug nuts went everywhere, and you know it, it, it turned out not. Um, at least it turned out for a victory for them, but still, it was just like wow. You know what it was like? It was like somebody told Adam Gase partway through the third quarter. Like, he was like, hey, you know, wait, you, do you only have 10 guys out there? You know you can run 11 out there, right? And Adam Gase was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can have 11 guys out there? Because, yeah, guys were, like, wide open. And he was th- he, was, he had that crazy throw to uh, Jerry Judy for the touchdown that Judy just uh, um, he caught the ball between the wide receiver or the defensive back's hands. And then all of a sudden in the second half, it was like he had a pick six. He's just throwing picks everywhere. It was an ugly game in the second half for Brett Rippon. People were talking like, oh, Brett Rippon's better than Drew Locke in the first half. And then we're frantically deleting their tweets in the second half. I, so, I was one of them that said, uh, you know, that he was going to steal his job. He might steal his job. I don't think it's that easy, but um, he looked really I mean, he did. I mean, he added that good touchdown at the, uh, the back of the end zone as well uh that that i saw i was like okay th- this guy has some some needle throws to him but yeah for the most part it's it wasn't it was oh, at the end it was not good i think we saw that brett Rippon can be a high-end backup i think that's what we saw because that's that's good that is kind of the high-end backup game where it's just it kind of feels like everything's about to um teeter off the ledge and then uh, either they do fall apart spectacularly like it did in the second half or it kind of evens out like it did in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well said. Exactly. 
Yeah. So, um, Evan, what was your big takeaway from last night? Uh, my big takeaway was that I got bailed out for accidentally leaving Crowder in. And in my flex of all the stupid places to do it, I was going to put in Brandon Crooks for Crowder and, of course, take him out of my flex because you don't flex Thursday players. But then on the Discord, people came in with questions and I got distracted and then I forgot. So I got lucky. Also, Crowder is looking great. That was my even 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 taking away the Evan owns him. So he inflates uh, his opinion of him effect. Crowder is looking like the guy to, to have on that team. And it's nice to see the Jets, you know, frankly, just have a fantasy option frankly, because it's been so long. I mean, yeah, it's still the Jets uh, in the end. But, I mean, it is nice to have some sort of uh, um, pay, uh, not, uh, benefit of accidentally starting Jamison Crowder in your in your flex spot on Thursday Night Football. So, um, I mean, big. St- I got a few questions in this one for you guys. So we'll uh, we'll cover it that way. So we already talked about Jamison Crowder, 7-140. There's Tim Patrick, 6 for 113 and 1. Um, Jerry Judy, 261 and 1. Jeff Smith, 781 and 0. Jerry Judy's the only person we should care about for these three guys, right? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. There, there's really nobody else there that is exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, Patrick, I, I actually would have Patrick on my on my uh, scouting list to see how he performs, but uh, I, I'm no way... Um, itching to get him or anything else like that but i, I would keep monitor him okay okay yeah D- a guy to keep an eye on but not somebody to rush out and pick up um evan uh what do you think of this melvin gordon line 23 107 one and uh two for three for 11 yards through the air um i'm thinking maybe we sell high on melvin gordon because these like spotlight games and then uh philip Lindsay should be back soon um I don't know if we're going to um, want to do this much longer with, with Melvin Gordon and maybe we get out from underneath this. I like that. I didn't think about that because uh, I don't own him in any leagues, which lets you know what I think about selling high for. <laughs> fair him. enough. Yeah. All right. Fair enough then. Yeah. So that's that's my take on it um, is that we should uh, maybe try to, to cash in on Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay coming back. So um, Noah Fant hurt his ankle. Uh, they say it's going to be minor. Um, here's here's a question. Just how many weeks, uh, if we get an announcement, Noah Fant will miss blank number of weeks. How high does that number have to be for you guys to drop Noah Fant? I, I would say three to four weeks. Three? Okay, three to four at least. Evan, what about you? Yeah, I can hold him for two. Two? Okay. Yeah, but uh, if you if you need the room now, I don't fault people. You can always pull up a tight end, top tight, top 12 tight end off the waiver wire. I mean, it's, what was it? 12 of the top 15 were off the waiver wire last week. They were literally yeah. unowned um, in, in the one league I was talking about. Um, so, all right. So next question, um, is Jamison Crowder legit? You guys kind of already answered that question about is Jamison Crowder legit? I, I think he's... You're not going to see more than probably three touchdowns out of the guy, but you could see eight, anywhere between 80, 80 to 90 receptions. So in a PPR league, he's a good probably flex legit um, or a second wide receiver legit, but um, anywhere else you're probably not legitimate. Okay. And then last question for you guys before we uh, turn the page here to week four. Um, how does Adam Gase still have a job? 
a death pact. A death with pact. Satan, whatever those are called. Uh, he sold his soul to the devil. Yep. All right. Charlie All right. Daniels died, and so the devil went looking out for another soul right around then, right around August. All right, uh, Mike, what do you think? Um, I think that it's when your team is crud, it's easy to m- blame the coach. Um, I, I'm not in any way saying that Adam Gase is a good coach, but I think it's easy to point to the coach when your team is bad. So I, I think I think it was Aikman who said it best. It, you're hoping for some consistency. You just can't fire every coach that comes in um, because your team is bad. You need to regroup and then readjust and then fix your viewpoint. So would it be surprising that Adam Gase is fired, you know, anywhere between now and the end of the year? No, but it's still not always, it's not on him completely either. So I don't know. I I, I just think that it, it's easy to blame a coach when the team's not doing well. Your words are, your logic is true. I think in this one specific instance, it doesn't apply because we already have seen a team improve significantly by getting rid of Adam Gase. There is that. But, I mean, at the same time, the Dolphins did add, I mean, the GOAT, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, who, who can say? And Mike Kosicki. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy that they said they have no plans to get rid of Adam Gase at this time because it, it, it uh, that kind of feels like the kiss of death. But um, but all right, I lied. I do have one last question before moving on. Is Joe Flacco elite? Everybody, the question on everybody's mind. I think I think if I think if you if you take um, someone as bad that is Sam Darnold and he's out for for a period of time during the game. And as soon as he's like rushed healthy and you pull Joe Flacco out immediately, um, I, I think their answer is right there. Uh, <laughs> that's how bad Joe Flacco is. They'd rather have Sam Darnold go in immediately than say, okay, you know, just take your time, Sam, you know, relax that arm, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll reevaluate at halftime. No, 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 you're coming out right now. Uh, two for two, 16 yards, Mike. He was perfect in this game. Can you say that about Sam Darnold? Can you? Um, oh man, checkmate. You got me. You got me. Yeah, Joe, Joe Flacco is, is 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 the god of of Jets quarterbacks. He is. Sorry, and Joe we, Neiman. Sorry, Joe Neiman. Sorry, Mark Sanchez. We forgot to mention this. Uh, Sam Donald, eight for eighty four and one. Who's a better rushing quarterback? Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson or Sam Donald? Did you <laughs> see that Sam Donald run for the touchdown? That like sixty yard run he had. It was a crazy rope-a-dope where he was pretend he pretended to slide. Yeah, it, was, it was amazing. I don't I don't see Lamar Jackson out there doing that kind of stuff. That's... It was really funny how that that run was set up because uh, Alexander, the defensive guy, didn't really follow through with his body on trying to tackle Sam Darnold with his arms. And then next time Alexander got his hands on Sam Darnold, he just slams him to the ground super hard. Yeah, he's like, "You're done." Yeah, he killed him. All right. All right, let's put that awful game to bed and let's start talking about some much better games for this week. Let's talk about the week four slate. Um, so this one is uh, going to start off with Mike. It's your boys, Indianapolis Colts, two and one uh, at the Chicago Bears. This is a 10 a.m. game, 45 point 
over under and the Colts are two and a half road favorites. So Mike, you want to know if Jonathan Taylor can be a top 12 running back this week? Yeah, it, the Chicago Bears defense is is pretty solid. Uh, they they only allow the 17th most yards um, and five yards per carry, um, but not have have they allowed a single runner to break 100 yards. So even though that five point yards per carry uh, is a lot, they it's sort of that bend but don't break defense. Um, Taylor has a 100-yard performance and is finished as an RB16 in Week 1, an RB14 in Week 2, and an RB24 in Week 3. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's there for him right now. I, I'm, I'm going to say he finishes as an RB15 this week, maybe 16, but as an as a automatic starter for, for your team, I'm going to have to say no at this point. Okay. All right. I mean, that's fair enough. I, I He needs that game, that big, you know, 100 combined yards, two touchdowns, really put his stamp on the NFL. Um, it feels like everybody's just wait, like twiddling their thumbs, waiting for it to happen and hoping for it to happen. But uh, at this point, it still has not happened. So um, we will we will see. Uh, what goes on with that? So hopefully he's a top 12 running back. That sure would be nice to see a, a top guy in the draft like that break through. Speaking of a guy that's broken through, David Montgomery, uh, do you think he will have – Evan, do you think he will have his, his arrival party, as you put it, against the uh, the Colts defense? I guess a rival party wasn't really the most accurate way because we're already starting him as a running back too. But I'm hoping to see a little bit of improvement here, uh, especially in the passing game. He's not been, he's been getting the work on the ground. Well, he's gotten 13, 14, 16 carries. I'm hoping to see an uptick there. You know, Tariq Cohen's gone. Let's see what's going on. People are talking about trading him. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know. We don't really know what this new package is. He has a whole new quarterback there. This whole offense could be remarkably different. And different. Uh, the definition of different does include better. So it could be better. Yeah, I want to see how that looks. The whole Bears offense really is going to be fascinating to see how they've they've, they've changed. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, I'm not asking questions, but yeah, I'm very curious about how the Nick Foles Bears look. Um, in my deep uh, bench league, somehow Anthony Miller was sitting on the wire, so I picked him up to see how that goes. And if it sucks, uh, I guess that will be my rotating uh, well, uh, stream spot for the week. Anthony Miller is not even the second receiver on the team anymore. That's Daryl Mooney. All right, continue. Just, yeah, I just, um, you know, just to let you know that that's probably why he was on the waiver wires, because Mooney is now the wide receiver, too. Well, what makes you say that? That was my question. Oh, it's 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 just the way it is. It's He's getting the targets, and he's getting the start, and he's surpassed uh, Miller. It's, it, you know, it's the same reasons why Allen Robinson's in wide receiver one. You know what I mean? It's... It's just the way it is. Well, because I'm looking here, it looks like Anthony Miller. I mean, Darnell Mooney has not out-targeted Anthony Miller once this season. Three three five for Mooney, six three five for Miller. Okay. I, I'm 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 not arguing. I was just curious. That's why I asked. What what makes you say that? That's all. Okay. No, that's fine. No, I, I I mean I'm not arguing with you. I was just curious. What what made you say? No, that? I don't feel like you're arguing with me. You're okay. You're asking me. Oh, are you going to take that from him, Mike? There you go. (laughs) 
you're, you know, I, I get it. You're asking me a direct question, and I don't really have the answer for it other than the than Mooney's a wide receiver too. But I can't say to you, okay, well, these are these are why because as you pointed out, those the targets state differently. Yeah. Now I'm gonna now I gotta look into this and look at routes and stuff. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the work. Yeah, now I look <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put that. Now I have to put that. I was hoping to not put this game on, but now I gotta watch the reads. You gotta figure out what's going on. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that making me watch football. Ridiculous. I hate it. All right. Next game up. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Jacksonville one and two. Cincinnati gets my official. Uh, Cincinnati and the Eagles get my official. Come on, guys. Really? Because now I have to say o oh, two and one for the rest of the year. Okay. Um. Yeah, 48.5 point over under. Cincinnati three-point favorites. Mike, you want to know if Joe Mixon can finally break free, and about half of fantasy Twitter is really hoping that happens. Yeah, well, yeah, Mixon, as we've talked about, has not been good. Uh, he he only has 164 yards on the uh, on three, uh, three games this week, uh, this season, which means 54 yards on average per game. He has not scored a touchdown. He's getting one or two receptions per game. Uh, it's been really bad. I mean, he hasn't finished as a top 24 running back yet. But the good news is that he faces the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. That is 21st in fantasy points allowed to running backs. This will be his weakest opponent on the season so far. If he doesn't do it against Jacksonville, I don't know when he's going to do it. Yeah, especially because uh, I wrote an article this week, What's the Deal with Joe Mixon? Um, and uh, this is his best matchup for a while. And uh, this season is littered with bad matchups, just absolutely strewn with bad matchups. So, um, it, yeah, like just like you said, if Joe Mixon doesn't do it this week, uh, not entirely certain when he will actually get it done because uh, it's a bad time going, going uh, forward for this. So, Evan, I don't know what your question means. Yeah, my question was red light on green. It's like Joe Burrow showed up to the Zoom meeting and AJ Green was like, hello, it's nice to meet you. I'm AJ Green, the number one wide receiver on my team. And then when they got to the field after one series, Joe Burrow was like, hmm, you're really not. Uh, 51 yards receiving, 29 yards receiving, and 36 yards receiving. I... Don't own any shares of AJ Green. I'm probably the most down on AJ Green in any given year. But if you have him, don't automatically start him. Don't automatically flex him. Even this is a uh, this is this is. I know I like five to ten points from my my deeper flexes, but boy, he's getting the low end of that. So don't so think twice about AJ Green. People who own him, put a red light out on the green. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, so Tyler Boyd's kind of taken over as the wide receiver one there. He had, uh, I believe, 13 targets last week, 10 catches, 125 yards. Um, but in this game, we don't know if DJ Chark is playing. Doug Marone, said, Doug Marone sorry, said he is comfortable with DJ Chark playing, but we don't know at this point what it's going to be. If DJ Chark plays, are you guys starting DJ Chark or Tyler Boyd? I'm going to go with the number one receiver, DJ Chark, over the number two receiver, Tyler Boyd. Oh, Ooh. you're a T. Higgins fan, huh? I love me some T. <laughs> some T? So, Mike, would you go T. Higgins or DJ Chark then? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with uh, DJ Chark there. 
I don't well, have, AJ, uh, Green, AJ Green is the number one wide receiver, regardless of of all that. But uh, that's why I called Boyd at number two. Why? Because that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't have the injury report in front of me. What was uh, what was uh, DJ Turk's practice status? Did he ever get a, a full one this week? Uh, he's been in, but I think it's been limited. DJ Chart. Let me let me double check been, that. If he's been in but limited all week, I'll start him. If he's been out for most of the week and then they just got him limited on Friday, eh, I'm thinking hard there. He's like, been limited uh, all week. Okay, that's fine then. Sure. Gardner Minshew misses, misses him for sure. So. Well, enough Gardner about Minshew Gardner Minshew. Uh, enough about Gardner Minshew's accuracy. Um, but. Uh, that was a little uh, Gardner Minshew misses him joke. So, um, so all right, that'll put that one to bed. Next game up, Cleveland and Dallas. This one is a 55.5 point over under. Dallas, four and a half point favorites. And, Evan, you want to know if the shootout will reward believers in Cleveland's offense. But before you get into that, um, just want to talk about Kareem Hunt has a groin injury and is truly questionable to play this weekend. Um, Odell Beckham was on the injury report with a I believe it was a, a back problem and he was off the injury report on Friday so he probably just had a tight back and um, Jarvis Landry uh, the coaches said that he was still not fully healthy from the hip injury so before you talk those are the big injuries in this one are all to the Browns offense yeah I was uh, kind of bringing that up for the devil's advocates point anyway Cleveland people hold on I know you drafted these people way too high but don't just automatically slot them because Dallas's defense just gives up everything. Uh, I, that said, I, I'm picking up my Austin Hoopers where I need them for Johnny Smiths. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm extra concerned about Kareem Hunt's stiffness. I think that he might be a scratch. I'm definitely think- making plans where I have to flex him. Flex him. It just it came up late, you know, and uh, he missed a practice. It's not good. Did it come up late? I thought it was early in the week. Hold on. It was early in the week? Well, that's a little better. That yeah, means... it was a couple of days. Or This is either second or third day. Let's see. Cream Hunt, most recent news, he is questionable, and it isn't believed to be serious, and he will try to play Sunday. Well, that's good. Happy to be. I'm, I would love to be wrong on that. So watch the injury report, which comes out about 90 minutes before game time, everyone. Uh-huh. But, yeah, if you need him, start him. I'm, I'm right now in half PPR debating between him and Brandon Cooks. What do you think, Jeff? I know you have a opinion on Cooks. Cooks, Cooks, Cooks. Actually, wait. Phil, do it, hold on. Report Fuller off the injury report. Uh, it's up to you. One I'm, not in, I'm, I'm not making your decision for you. How's All that right. for an answer? That's fair, yeah. All right, Mike. What, which wide receiver? Oh, go ahead, Evan. I just want to get Mike's opinion until Mike doesn't think that like I don't value his opinion. <laughs> What's, uh, which one would you do, Cooks or, or Hunt? I'd, if Hunt's playing, I'd go with Hunt. All right, thank you. All right. I probably would too, actually. But I I made a, a stand to not make your decision for you. Um, so, Mike, you want to know which wide receiver has the better fantasy game on Dallas? And you said Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, but you didn't say the wide receiver won, Cedric Wilson. Yeah, you know, and um, it's interesting that you bring up Cedric Wilson because um, Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson are the only two wide receivers on the team that has a touchdown right now. Uh, Gallup has one, and of course, Cedric Wilson has the two, which I found interesting. Uh, 
Also interesting is is the point dis, uh, dispersal. Uh, Amari Cooper right now in fantasy points has 51, Michael Gallup 41, and C.D. Lamb 39. So this is pretty much a tight race between all three wide receivers. Uh, this, I, you know, I, I have to hand it to whoever's calling the plays for the Cowboys because he's really getting everybody involved. Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper, Lamb, Dalton Schultz. So who's going to have the better game? Probably Cooper, but don't don't miscount what, you know, sort of the missing two weeks Gallup has had or overcount what Lamb is doing. They're all, they're all pretty much involved, and I think you can pl- play them all with confidence. Yeah, I'm st- I'm firing up CD Lamb, um, where I have him firing up Michael Gallup, where I have him, and I'm not firing up Amari Cooper because if you heard one episode of this podcast last season, you know I hate Amari Cooper. I will never roster an Amari Cooper ever. All right, and injuries in this one, nothing on the Dallas side that's notable um, for fantasy guys. Um, I already mentioned the Browns, so. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to New Orleans and Detroit. And this is a big boy. Lots of injuries. Um, Michael Thomas, out. Jared Cook, out. Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore, out. So, Evan, I think you can change the question mark in your question to an exclamation point. Yep, I want to know Galladay. I'm impatient. I would. This was. This was. This had much more effect when when Lattimore was still questionable. But I don't want to wait. I don't want to hear this. He's going to be shadowed the whole time by their best cornerback. No. After this week, it's a bye for Detroit. Then they get Jacksonville and Atlanta, who's going to tear up. But I don't want to wait five weeks. We spent way too much draft capital. I spent way too much time on this podcast hyping him. Go nuts, Galladay. Give me that dopamine. Do this now. And since Lattimore's out, you can start him without he's – he's a windmill slam start. He might – well, he outscores, like, some quarterbacks this week. If he was a quarterback, what uh, – like, how many fantasy points? Where would he rank? Like, quarterback eight? Because I think he's going to smash. I think two touchdowns is easily in the cards. I think he's going to have a huge game with this information. But it's too late for me to change my FanDuel lineup because I already told you guys I went crazy on it. Not too late for me. Yes. So, all right. Uh, Mike – your question in this one is you want to know about uh, start Drew Brees or start Stafford or start Burrow. What are we doing? Um, yeah. So uh, the, basically what I want to know is can we trust Drew Brees in this game? With uh, Michael Thomas out, I think that is going to be really restrictive on, on him. Uh, Brees has finished as a QB 24 and 19 and 10. So he is getting better. Over the last three weeks, uh, but without Michael Thomas, I just, you know, even though he was a QB 10 last week uh, and in, in the 19 the week before, I see him finishing anywhere between those two numbers. I mean, the, the, the Lions are, is going to be the easiest opponent for him. They're, they're 26 against quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I just, if, don't be surprised if Cam Newton matthew stafford or joe burrow outscore him so if you have one of those three quarterbacks i would probably start him over drew Brees, uh especially without mike thomas and then the question i have for both of you guys with those three names brought up would you start matthew stafford or joe burrow um 
first things first. Drew Brees, I don't think this is actually going to be a good matchup for him. I think Akuda, uh, their rookie, he played last week. He changed the look of their defense. He was everywhere. So I think this one might be a worse matchup than you think before I answer your question. Second, I'm smash starting Matthew Stafford. With the, with the, with the Saints missing their two best cornerbacks, I am smash starting Matthew Stafford. If I didn't have Josh Allen, I'd be starting him everywhere. But I did a Allen-Stafford stack wherever I could. Okay. Good over over Burrow. So, Evan, what do you think? I uh, like Stafford. I think they're both great starts, though. You okay. have a lot of volume. Both Stafford and Burrow? Yep. I mean, they've just been letting Burrow go nuts. It's been fun yeah. to watch. That's true. Hey, guys, we got to go back. Important news. Chicago, Indianapolis. This just came across the wire. The Bears signed Lamar Miller to the practice squad. He's back, boys. The the replacement. He seems to be the literal like replacement level running back because teams just pick him up and they're like, oh, boy. Oh, goo. Okay, you're not much better than anything else. So why don't we go ahead and drop you back? Um, but yeah, he's on the Bears now, um, Lamar Miller. So if you're in one of those psycho leagues that anybody with the pulse needs to get picked up, go ahead and get Lamar Miller. But by the time you're hearing this, he's probably already been picked up in your league. <laughs> Are you still in that league with like you start like 50 running backs or whatever? Yeah, uh, actually, I have him. Actually, I had him and Devonte Freeman uh, stored away, and I still have both of them. So. I think Lamar Miller will probably take over that Tariq Cohen role since he's out for the season now. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe Cordero Patterson gets elevated a little bit. Well, he's been getting a lot of carries. Yeah, so I'm thinking, um, yeah, he gets even more. I think he gets the Tariq Cohen targets and everything. I think he might be a, I think he might be a guy that um, people are saying to to pick up with like a. Mid-level waiver priority after this week. Um, that, that's just that's just a gut feeling that I that I that I have. Nothing. There's no sub- substantive things to back that up. It's just a a, a feeling in my gut. Because as of right now, he has uh, th- three targets and 15 carries. So it's not like he's blown it up yet. But I just have a, a gut feeling. That's all. It's you, just you, a, you think he's gonna be that Ty Montgomery um, in Green Bay season? Kind of, yeah, something like that, where it's like he just cobbles enough like receptions and, and yards together to, to give you serviceable, you know, flex, flex, like flex floor games sort of deal, where he gets, you know, 30 yards receiving and, or sorry, 40 yards receiving and like 25 to 30 yards passing on like three catches and just sort of like cobbles you together some points, but nothing, nothing too crazy. I can buy that. All right. Let's go nothing too crazy. Let's go nothing too crazy. Speaking of not going too crazy, Seattle 3-0, and Miami 1-2, 54-point over-under, Seattle 6.5-point favorites. If they can catch a football, start them. That's me not going too crazy in this game. Evan, are we benching Chris Carson? What makes you say we should bench Chris Carson? Is it the well, injury? People have been asking out. about Chris Carson, and I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. It seems to me like the narrative is quite clear. Tell me where my, my logic is. I must have an error. Tell me where my logic's wrong. Uh, Seattle's passing game has been playing lights out. Seattle limped into the 2019 playoffs with literally zero running backs. They had to sign Marshawn Lynch. So why would they give Chris Carson a significant workload when he's dinged up and they don't and they can just, you know, give it to the third string running back? Is that guy is it named Homer or something? 
There's Travis Homer, there's Carlos Hyde, there's DJ yeah, Dallas. Just yeah, one of these other bodies. You're not going to win it on the running game anyway, so just protect your your, your running squad. Okay, Mike, hey, Mike. Uh, what were you saying? I thought I thought he was announced out, but I, I looked it up, and he's a game-time decision, plus he's practiced Thursday and Friday. So Carroll was saying, oh, he's looked good at practice. So, yeah, never mind. All right. All right. So everybody looks good at everything. Yeah, that is a Pete Carrollism. All right, Mike, what do you have to say about Miles Gaskin this week? So Miles Gaskin has earned the starting job because, you know, Jordan Howard is horrible and Matt Breida is mostly just a part-time player in schematics that sort of uh, fit his speed and his athleticism. But Miles Gaskin is a good receiver out of the backfield, can run really uh, – he's an average runner. I, I think he can – you know, there's better runners out there, but he's sufficient. Uh, uh, on his points each week, he's improved, going from 8.5 to 12. But the Seattle defense against the run is pretty tough. They give up the third less points to running backs, mostly because they shut down the yards and teams, you know, love to pass. And I and I against them. And you, with I think Adams is out for Seattle this week, so mm-hmm. you know they're Miami's going to be passing a ton. Uh, and then another problem with Gaskin is once they get up close to the one yard line, then it becomes Howard, more Howard territory. But if you're looking for someone just for that flex option, I really like Miles Gaskin. I would I would start him in flex almost every week if I can. I just don't know if you can trust him yet as an RB2 and you definitely can't trust him as an RB1. Yes, and Mike, you mentioned it. Jamal Adams is out uh, safety for the Seahawks and um, for Miami. Byron Jones is doubtful with a groin and an Achilles, which sounds very painful, very difficult to walk with both uh, yeah. double injuries. Yeah, he's definitely sitting on the couch. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, got his feet up, chilling. So, um, yeah, so Evan... Oh, you already answered your question. Sorry. So I'm surprised nobody uh, said anything about uh, my boy. Gesicki's going to freaking feast this week. week. The Seahawks can't stop anybody through the passing game. They were only shutting down tight ends because of um, Jamal Adams. They, I think that it's going to be a huge shootout this week between the Seahawks and the Dolphins. I think start all your Seahawks, start all your Dolphins with the caveat that Mike put. I agree with Mike. I think Miles Gaskin is more of a flex. The Seahawks uh, have done a great job at shutting down the run um, a lot because teams want to pass against them. But I also think that they've done a great job of stopping the run. I mean, they've got a good, uh, good uh, defense, a good front seven there. So, well, um, to make it up for you, and I hope this does, I am starting Mike Asiki in my home league. Boy, so am I. So am I. So yeah, people keep going to the Discord I. saying, should I start Mike Isicki or some random jabroni? And I'm like, why were why Mike Isicki is every week territory. Mike Isicki right or Travis Kelsey? No, no one's asking that. Make a trade. Uh yeah. Well, I was debating between Mike Gasicki and Tyler Higby. But I I'm like I'm I'm liking Gasicki. Yeah, buddy. Mike Gasicki, baby. Um, so, all right, next game up, the Chargers and the Buccaneers, 43 and a half point over under Tampa, Boy- Tampa Bay, seven and, or sorry, seven point favorites. I am getting ahead of myself. I am sorry. 
Uh, Seven-point favorites. Mike Williams is out. Chris Harris, cornerback for the Chargers, is out for four to six weeks with a foot injury. For Tampa Bay, Lenny Fournette's out. Chris Godwin, out. Scotty Miller, not officially out yet, but it looks like he's trending towards that way, which makes Justin Watson uh, have a lot of sort of flex appeal. People are um, getting that um, in their... uh, lineups and i just google i just looked up scott miller on uh twitter don't do that don't do that there is a twitter account named scott miller that is posting uh pornography so i got <laughs> very, very distracted there for a second it's because i was shocked with what i saw all right so i don't see anything updated with uh scott miller so um he's potentially a good uh pivot and if he's not there then um then watson might be a, a a good pivot. So for this one, uh, Evan, you want to know about Josh Kelly? Yeah, I actually wanted to know Josh Kelly trapped in the closet. Last week, we were all excited about him against the legendarily bad Carolina Panthers run defense. And we were just, every I was telling everybody to start him. And then he rewards me by going out there and getting eight carries for 43 yards. Now he's going against the Bucks, who I think have the second best run defense in the league. And next week he goes against New Orleans, whose run defense is also pretty decent. Is Josh Kelly droppable? No. You do this. (laughs) You do this. You're like, this guy has a couple bad matchups coming up. Uh, He's already shown that he can do it, but I I don't want to deal with with questioning if I should start him. So I'm just going to drop him. You do this. You did this all. Bait you into having a passionate argument? No, you you did this (laughs) last year with Dak Prescott. I know, but this time it was intentional because then you had opinions. No, don't drop Josh Kelly. Don't Why? drop Josh Kelly. Well, there's a big difference between Josh Kelly and Dak Prescott. Not yes. at this point last year. Different positions. Uh, oh, they both okay. have back in their name. Let me let me let me <laughs> let me put rest assured, Evan, that last week because I I did this game. It was not really Josh Kelly that was the problem. It was the fact that the Chargers offense was constantly put in a situation where they had to use uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, they used a lot of five wide. This wasn't really just the game for for Josh Kelly to be in or be utilized. So I think he, you'll see more of him. I mean, unfortunately, he plays the Buccaneers. So this isn't going to be, you know, something that like, oh, well, he exploded on because he won't. But I think last week was more of just a fluke gameplay than actual Josh Kelly being all of a sudden a problem. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much. Um, remember, Evan, remember how you say you have the players on your roster that you look down at them at week eight and be like, oh, OK, this guy's been doing great. Josh Kelly is a guy in that position that kind of flashed early. So oh, I wouldn't. Oh, so he's a deep hold. OK, I wouldn't say that he's droppable. I'd say that he changes was, everything. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's like a. I mean, really, people were picking him up as a speculative. Will he be Melvin Gordon in this offense? And like Mike said, for the first couple of days he was, and uh, or first couple of games he was, and then last week the game script just went uh, went against Josh Kelly. Okay, well, I think that's settled. Then thank you very much. Yes, sir. You you don't need to drop Josh Kelly. You don't need to drop Josh Kelly. Unless, wait, hold on. Do you have him in the league we're in together? You can trade him for me. To me. He's trash. He's trash. Drop him. Horrible. Horrible. I will give you Mitchell Trubisky for him. <laughs> I will reject any trade before I even open it up. You. That's my latest thing I'm doing. 
you would ra- you would be much better off having Mitchell Trubisky if it's in the league we're together. So just heads up. What's the difference between him? One injury and he's back as the number one. Isn't that what we said about Josh Kelly? Exactly. I'm being sarcastic. There's no difference here between Mitchell Trubisky and Josh Kelly. As long as you're in a league with me. That's that's what I'm saying here. All right, Mike, is Tom Brady gonna be top twelve this week? You know, he's he was top ten in weeks one and three, and now he faces the Chargers, which is a top twelve defense against quarterbacks. Uh they but Okay, so top 12 is a great number, but they haven't really been tested outside of Patrick Mahomes, who I think threw for two touchdowns and nearly 300 yards. They got Burrow in week one, Bridgewater in week three, uh, giving up about 430 yards. Uh, So I like the Chargers defense, but you can't really say, okay, they're solid proof yet. Uh, I think to be in that range, uh, Brady will need to – to throw for at least two touchdowns and 300 yards. I don't know if that's in him as far as against this team, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, um, I don't think that he's going to be a top 12 this week either, especially with his weapons missing. I think it's a wheels-up game for Mike Evans. Guys, will Mike Evans get more yards this week than last week? Last week he had two touchdowns and two yards. I, I would hope so. Yeah. I, um, you know, he, he could just frankly be a goose egg. Yeah, Mike Evans is as sporadic as as sporadic can be. I wouldn't say this. Week. Like, I, I think this week he's getting like 13 targets. Yeah. No, God. Yeah. No Godwin. No Scott Miller. Yeah. I was being I was being sarcastic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know what that is. I do not know how to perceive human emotion. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. There's no way in the world that he's gonna get like in two yards. Yeah. He's he's gonna he's gonna be a good play this week. I think. Um. So. All right. Uh, I think that's it for this one. I said the injuries already. Uh, very excited to see the Chargers at two and two after this one, and Tom Brady get all mad and fussy on the sidelines in Tampa Bay. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, did I say Mike Williams is out? Mike Williams is out. I did say that. Oh, speaking of Mike Williams, put yes. put on your scouting Jared Guyton uh, for San Diego or God, Los Angeles, and uh, watch him. Uh, I I scouting that game last week. I he, he he popped. So keep an eye on him. Mike Williams comes back, he becomes, you know, just another guy. But if this linger if this injury lingers for Mike Williams, Guyton might be someone you, you want to pick up. All right. So how do you spell that? G like it sounds? G U I T O N? G U I T O N, exactly. It's not like I've, I've seen a G-A-I-T-O-N pronounced Guyton. So I just wanted to make sure. G-U-I-T-O-N, as it sounds. That's Mike's, uh, I guess, uh, deep look guy for this game. So next game up, Baltimore and the Washington football team. Baltimore, 13-point uh, favorites. Good God. 47-point over under. I did these a few days ago. I was just robotically putting them in. I didn't even think about it. 47-point <laughs> over under. I saw it this morning. It's up to 14.5. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine being a two-score dog and people are hammering that. That's crazy. It's up to three It's it's up to three scores now. That is ridiculous. All right. Uh, for Washington, Steve, Smith, Steve Sims is out. 
Scary Terry McLaurin has a thigh injury and is questionable. That popped up late in the week. That's something you definitely have to monitor for this weekend. Luckily, as Evan said, 90 minutes before kickoff, you will get the practice report or the uh, inactive report. And this is the first game of the day, so you'll know what to do with your lineups for the rest of the day. And Bryce Love mercifully to IR, so everybody uh, who was speculatively holding him can go ahead and speculatively move him to your IR slot. Um, Real quick, guys, I watched the Washington football team game last week, and a running back really popped off the film to me. Every time he touched the ball, it was super electric, and he started last week. Do you know what his name was? Uh, the only electric guy that I know that touches the ball is Gibson. It was J.D. McKissick. Go! I literally had to double-check their jersey numbers, because every time McKissick touched the ball, it was what I expected to have happen with Antonio Gibson. So I'm not naysaying Antonio Gibson. I think Antonio Gibson has done well. I don't think he's rewarded his draft price that it was at the end of the season. Um, but for the people taking him in double-digit rounds, he's done great this year um, with what he's you know given his price. But uh, J.D. McKissick, um, right up until he gets hurt for the season, I think he is going to be a problem for Antonio Gibson's upside because he's looking really good too. If you go to Player Profiler and look at their like under the hood statistics, like you know like yards created per touch and like explosive plays and stuff like that, uh, yards per touch, J.D. McKissick is actually doing better than Antonio Gibson, and I'm not never in a million years going to say that he's better than Antonio Gibson. I'm saying right now he is playing better than Antonio Gibson on a per touch basis. So my question, are you tossing it to me? That's what I was going to say. Oh, shoot. And I stepped on it. Classic Evan. So I was going to (laughs) say, Evan, how angry is the Baltimore defense? And should, is this a game where we bench Antonio Gibson? No, I just said bench Gibson question mark to get the leader's attention. Uh, This is a pump the brakes moment. Uh, People who got Antonio Gibson, most of them got him in the draft and they were high on him too high. I would say he's, he's good. But then he got five points, but then he got two double-digit games in a row. And people keep bringing me in their, their lineups, asking questions with uh, Gibson. Uh, they're just assuming Gibson's going to go in the, the RB2 slot. They don't even ask me questions about it, and I have to point it out and say, consider whether or not he belongs there. Uh, first of all, Baltimore is angry. They did not look good on Monday night, and they are a great football team. Their defense is great. And as and Washington's offense is dinged up, and Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins is miserable. Their whole offense could just fall apart. Uh, Gibson could get the work, but get no scoring opportunities and go for 15 carries for like 55 yards. Uh, I'm not saying don't start Gibson. I'm saying he's flex consideration. Consider him in a flex. Consider not putting him in your flex. Don't automate. He's not an auto start, especially this week. Yeah, so I, I, you're going to see if that narrative plays out or if it's in any given Sunday beyond any given Sunday scenario. Yeah, I think it's a situation, too, where they don't lean specifically on Gibson. So if they get into a bad game script, it could be rotating around. Um, I would say tempering your expectations for Gibson this week is a smart call. Um, and I'm trying to be uh, as delicate as possible with that so I don't get accused of um, being a quote-unquote hater Oh, you're just being a hater of Antonio Gibson. So, Mike, Lamar Jackson, is he going to have a bounce back game? Is he going to be top five this week? Because he hasn't been much this. I'm sorry, I was thinking of Deshaun Watson. Hasn't been much this year, but Lamar Jackson's been a little disappointing. He has been. Um, So, question to you guys. Josh Allen right now is the QB1. What? 
Right. Um, can you tell me... Uh, I'm going to go with Evan first. Evan, can you tell me what Lamar Jackson is QB? What rank is he? I would go with 14. 14. Evan, I mean, Jeff, what would you say Lamar Jackson QB is? Uh, what did Evan say? 14. One dollar. One dollar. I'm going to say nine. Nine. Evan is the closest. Lamar Jackson right now on the season is a QB 16. Oh, my gosh. I should have gone the other direction. Um, oh. Yeah, I have the mighty fallen. Uh, he only has five touchdowns. Biggest problem for him right now is that none of those are rushing touchdowns. Now he faces the Washington team football. Um, you can put those initials <laughs> together. I do that every time I go to put in Washington football team. Um, and you'd probably get the same same team. Uh, they're, they allow the 22nd most points to quarterbacks. Jackson had three of his scores go against the Browns, who is slightly worse than the Washington team football. So I can see three scores and another one on the ground. I can really see four touchdowns coming from from Lamar Jackson, vaulting him into the top five consideration. I do believe this is a bounce back game for Lamar. So if you have him, feel confident. Like I mean, you're, you're not going to not start him, but I think as you know, he hasn't been playing as well as we would hope. I think this is a game you see quintessential Lamar Jackson. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, Washington is a disaster. I um I watched Washington, one of the last games I watched last week. Dwayne Haskins is a nightmare right now. Oh, my God. He is a mess. I, I, it's one of those things where you try to, Mike, you can you can vouch for this. You try to figure out what's wrong with him, and you literally, you don't know where to start. You're like, <laughs> you're like, everything is wrong. Like, he's inaccurate. He's skittish. He doesn't trust his eyes. He, you know, he leaves clean pockets. Like, everything possible that could be wrong with the quarterback is wrong with Dwayne Haskins. I, like, don't know where to start when I watch him. I'm just like, ugh. I mean this unhyperbolically, uh, without hyperbole. Uh, hyperbole, hyperbole? Wait, wait, hyperbole. Is that the national championship <laughs> for college? The hyperbole? <laughs> Donald Trump is a hyperspreader. Um, I watched okay so Dwayne Haskins Ohio State quarterback when I watched tape of him the last two weeks I was genuinely glad my dad longtime Ohio State fan can't see this and I don't mean that like shocked I mean like this would just devastate him so much yeah it's um it's ridiculous what um like how bad he's been like just watch him. I encourage everybody to be like, oh, I don't know if I can evaluate players. Just watch Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. <laughs> and to Evan from a week and a half ago who hasn't watched the tape of the last two weeks, hold on to your quarterback on the bench in our two-quarterback league because I dropped uh, Washington's backup quarterback. Who is it? Going to become Black Player of the Year? What's his name from San Francisco? Alex Smith. Yep, I dropped him. And then I watched the game later that day, and I was like, why did I do this? He's going to be comeback player of the year. Because Dwayne Haskins is not going to start many more games. Yeah, they're, um, I think they're going to go to Kyle Allen first. 
because they I really think they don't want him to get hurt again, and then they're on the hook for his uh, 2021 salary. Um, Allen's not too bad either. Uh, he's not too good either. <laughs> not too good, but he's. I can see them thinking he's a choice over Alex Smith. Next game up on the docket is going to be the Cardinals and the Panthers. This one is a 52-point over-under. Arizona are three-and-a-half-point favorites. In this one, Carolina has no injuries of note. Christian Kirk has a groin injury and might not play. DeAndre Hopkins has not been practicing this week, and it sounds like he is going to be a game-time decision. So luckily for people who own or who roster Nuke Hopkins, this is a road game for them, so it will be a 10 a.m. game, so we will know about Nuke Hopkins. So um, in this one, Evan, you wanted to know about Mike Davis. <laughs> will Mike Davis finally conquer his greatest nemesis, us? Yeah. I mean, we threw the gauntlet down. Three times, I looked it up, three times Mike Davis has been waiver wire hotness, and we say, whoa, slow your roll. He's a, a good temporary start, but he's not going to be – you know, the answer, and people say, no, he is. And then Mike Davis has a good first game, and we go, okay, hold on. People go, no, you were wrong. And then Mike Davis falls off the face of the earth in the second game. Mike Davis, conquer your demons. It's your second game. Gauntlet thrown. Get over the hill. That is, get over the mountain. That is football absurdities. Uh, ire for your fantasy <laughs> outlook. No, I need him to be bad because a lot of people talked a lot of trash to me on Twitter over him. So I need I need uh I need him to be bad this week. I need him to be really bad so I can come back and be like, oh really? That's my um. My, uh, Wayne Gallman 2.0, or I guess Wayne, it was Wayne Gallman 0.0. He was no C Mike was 1.0. Then it was Mike Davis. Then it was Wayne Gallman. Now it's now it's Mike Davis again. All right, Mike. Speaking of Mike's, is is any wide, wide receiver, receiver worth ho- owning, owning in Houston? Houston. 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 It's, you don't want to know my take on the Cardinals? Okay. Oh, no, let's hear about the Cardinals, Mike. Okay, so uh, my question is, can we count on 100 yards and a TD from Kenyon Drake? Oh, my gosh. I skipped over to the next game. I'm sorry. I, I'll tell everybody, we're recording this after we got news that the president has gone to the hospital. I'm a little scatterbrained right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the president's on IR, so, you know. Yeah, we'll... president's on the three-week IR. Um, so start his backup, Mike Pence, this week. Uh, in a great matchup, the Democrats don't play defense. All right, Mike, can we count on 100 and a TD from Kenyon Drake? Speaking of teams that don't play the defense, the Carolina Panthers can't play defense against the run. And... Lucky for Kenyon Drake owners, guess what Kenyon Drake does? He runs the ball. Does uh, he? Does uh, sometimes uh, he he might even be a better pass catcher than a runner. But um, interesting enough, Panthers are the 31st worst defense against the run. There is actually a team out there that is one worse than them, the bottom of the barrel. Does anybody know what team that is, Evan? What team is the worst against the run? Yeah. There's a reason why I called on you, Evan. Yeah, it's not the Panthers? And it's not the Panthers. It's, is it the is it the Houstons? No, there's a reason why I called on you. It's the Raiders? It's the Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, wait, the Raiders can't be worse at the run. They're already too busy being worse at the pass. <laughs> They're just worst overall at everything. Um, so 
Drake has not had 100 yards rushing this season. Uh, 86 is the most, and that occurred against the WTF team. Um, so, I, you know, I, I do see Drake breaking off a long one and getting his first 100 yards and his second TD of the game. So, can we count on 100 yards and a TD from Drake? Absolutely. Absolutely, huh? Absolutely. Mike says it's, a, it's Mike's lock of the week. It's my lock of the week. All right. Uh, oh, do I have to make a, a lock uh, a lock sound effect now? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. It's it's uh, messing with the keys. All right. It's all right. That's not the right key. Hold on. All right. That's not the right key. I think I think this is it. Hold on. All right. Locked it up. How's that? Does that work? Was that stupid enough? Well, you sound like a jailer with someone who has like 800 keys, but you got there. That's all that's important. That's all that matters. That's, that's all, that's that all that, when locking it up. All right. Uh, I think that's that for Arizona and care. Oh, Lina. Um, next one up, Minnesota at Houston, 54 point over under Houston, four point favorites, both teams. Oh, and three couple goose eggs. This one almost got canceled for COVID. Um, but the, the Vikings have had zero positive COVID cases. They did play the Titans last week. So good news there. Uh, no COVID problems. Uh, Will Fuller was on the injury report with a hamstring. He is now off the injury report, but come on guys. Come on guys. Are you going to trust him? Are you going to trust anybody in Houston? Mike, any wide receiver? You know, I, I, I don't think you can. I mean, <laughs> there really isn't a wide receiver number one. In fact, there's four, three wide receivers and a tight end that are all locked in between each other. They there's Kenny Stills leads the team at 12 receptions and Brandon Cooks is last on the team with 10 um, as far as wide receivers go. So there's only two, two, two reception difference. They're all intermingled the same yards. Each one has a tight a touchdown except for Brandon Cooks. Kenny Stills has a touchdown. Randall Cobb has a touchdown. Jordan Aikens has a touchdown. There isn't a wide receiver one on this team. I don't think there is a wide receiver four on this team or a two or a three. It's a mess. Just avoid it completely. Uh, if, if, you, if you're in a long-distance league, maybe you go with Brandon Cooks. But other than that, I, it, it, not until bye weeks and injuries – do you look at any of the guys you're going to play? But Mike, it's a bye week this week. It's a bye week this week. week. (laughs) It is a bye week this week. Therefore, you might want to think about playing Brandon Cooks or Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills or Jordan Akins. Play one of them. That's Mike's lock of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Play a wide receiver lock of the week. All right. Um, Evan, you want to talk about Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I have no deep take or insight here. We're all going to be watching the tape of Justin Jefferson last week, if you haven't already. We're all going to be watching this tape this week to find out if it's going to be, are you going to get an increased workload, or is this just uh, a toggle switch where Kirk Cousins can only support one fantasy wide receiver, and the switch at one side says, you know, Thielen, and the other side says Jefferson, and you might get a great week from Jefferson, but two out of three times you might get the off switch, the Thielen switch. So that's what I'm, I'm most curious to figure out here so I can advise people moving forward. Okay. So you would just want to, you want more tape on Justin Jefferson this weekend to see what he can do. Yep. And, and if cousins can grow into uh you know, 
spread it around at least, you know, to the second receiver every once in a while. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, that um, he can do two guys uh, phrasing. He can pass the ball to two guys, um, you know, at once, like he has done in the past with Diggs and Thielen, because uh, he he hasn't been able to do that so far this year with Jefferson and um, Thielen. I think as long as Jefferson does keep improving, you definitely will have to put in that theme song, the Jefferson theme song. Bum, bum, bueno. <laughs> bum, bum, bueno, bueno, bueno. Uh, isn't that Amos yeah. and Andy? No, that that is uh, Sanford and Son. Sanford, Sanford and Son. I knew it was I an What's Jefferson? I it was is that moving, that's well, moving on up. Guys, I am doing to bad. The to the deluxe apartment. In the sky. With the sky. There it is. I was waiting for somebody to finish my line. All right, I blew it. I just wanted to do the Sanford and Son song. Um, all right, next one up. This is a weird one, guys, because the uh, president might be dying, and we're talking about football. All right, Giants 0-3, Rams 2-1, and 48.5-point uh, over-under. Rams are 12-point favorites. Cam Akers is out. He is not playing in this one. Uh, the Giants running backs might as well be out, but they're all healthy. Um, so, Evan, you want to know about uh, Harry and the Henderson or a three-headed monster? And I think uh, Cam Akers being out answers that question for you. Oh, yeah. When I, a lot of stuff happened today after I, I wrote the show notes. Yeah, you know, people are huge, were huge all week on Henderson. And it's like, again, he's a not, not a flex consideration, but definitely a running back two consideration. But with Cam Akers coming back, we know the Rams love to run. They designed this whole year on running a three-headed a running back by committee. But with Cam Akers out, I say now you can go ahead and File him into your running back two slot without really thinking too hard. Does anyone disagree? Um, no, no. I think you can start Hendo this week. All right. I guess what I'm watching for is Robert Woods because there's questions about whether he's going to struggle or if even he'll be worked into the game script since this is not a very complicated plan here to beat the Giants. Horrible, horrible team. I think I think they will beat the Giants with Robert Woods. Um, he's been getting a lot of carries which kind of is what has offset him from Cooper Cup. He surprisingly ranked higher than Cooper Cup on the year because of those carries. He got a rushing touchdown. So I think Robert Woods will be fine this week. Haha, now what are you going to look for? I am going to see if they have pleasing cardboard cutouts in the stands. Maybe they're there doing a, a theme or some sort. Okay, there you go. There you go. Mike, speaking of cardboard cutouts, Jared Goff. See yeah, well, for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season, I, you know, um, he he struggled a little bit against Dallas uh, in Week One, but the last two weeks he's been really, really pretty good. Um, he at this point he's a quarterback ten, uh, but does have a tough matchup against the Giants defense that is top ten against quarterbacks in fantasy football. Hmm. So I, I think this would be a good test for him. Um, if he can pull off you know, anywhere between top 10, top 12 numbers, I think you roll him with confidence. Uh, he becomes, he doesn't become a streamer anymore. He becomes someone that if you drafted late, you know, alongs with the other quarterbacks that you might have drafted late, or maybe even over someone like Deshaun Watson, who's, who's fallen off a cliff, those kind of quarterbacks. Um, Jared Goff could really be a bright spot for you guys. All right. Well, dang. Um, I did not realize the Giants were ranked that low against quarterbacks, but it kind of makes sense. Teams have been running out the second half against them. Uh, at least the 49ers did uh, last week. So that, I guess that does kind of make sense once you think about it. Um, yeah, so 
I um I, I have a question for you guys. Are we starting any Giants this week? I mean, Darius Slayton, maybe, uh, as a flex, but really, I mean, no. I mean, you are you got a rotating backfield with Damian Lewis and Devontae Freeman and those kind of guys, and so none of those are going to be someone's going to get a lot of volume. If you I, have to, because it's been kind of a tight end by a tight end, a tight end, a T.E. NATO, nailed it. I don't fault putting in Evan Ingram in an emergency. Yeah, I think there are a lot of better. I think some late tight ends popped, and I think there's a lot of better options than Evan Ingram this week. So I'm with Mike. I'm finding a way to get Evan Ingram out of my lineup if I can. He's been really bad, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. His tape has not looked good, that's yeah. for sure. I looked at I looked at his tape for week two at Chicago, and I looked at his stat line: six catches for eight for sixty-five yards. And I was like, "What? Did I just watch a different game? Because he looked bad." Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It's been a rough go for all the Giants this year, um, especially my Danny Dimes breakout pick that has fallen completely apart. All right, let's continue with the one o'clock games: New England at Kansas City. Chiefs are seven-point favorites. This one is a 54-point over-under. The Chiefs have no injuries of note. Uh, James White, Mike, we talked about this on Tuesday. He has returned to practice from his family um, problem, his tragic family occurrence that he had. Uh, Let's not downplay it. Uh, Damian Harris is off the IR from his hand injury. So I think that the running back situation is going to be a mess. So, Evan, why why don't you talk about that? All right, so first of all, get out of the way. James White, my heart goes out to him. Glad he took that week off. Glad he took another week off. If he decides he doesn't want to do this week, I more power to him. If he does play, can we go back to him being the only ownable New England back? Because I really like a high floor, and he gives it to you in HPPR and PPR leagues. So I'm watching White to see if he's if he's with it, if Bill Belichick is doing that thing where he's playing three-card you know three card Monty with his running backs, but... Cam Newton's going to check it down to White uh, reliably. That's what I'm watching to see. Okay. All right. Yeah. And and I think uh, I think it's going to be a situation where we will probably only be able to start James White probably in like two three weeks. I'm thinking we're going to be like, all right, James White and nobody else, right? Because we're going to have a, a, a we're going to have a Damian Harris game. We're going to have a Sony Michelle game. We're going to have a Rex Burkhead game. It's going to be back to what we had before. With James White and uh, Legarrette Blunt, but Legarrette Blunt is Cam Newton because uh, he's uh, a passing running back. That's pretty much how they use him um, there in New England. So, Mike, what should we expect from Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Yeah, he hasn't really been someone that we was worthly drafted um, in the top seven overall at this point. I mean, he had a great week one, where, he, but really, who wouldn't against that Houston defense? But since then, he's been an RB26, an RB12. Right now, he's an RB12. He's not putting the the yards on the ground, totaling just 100 100 yards over the last two games. So he's averaging like 50 yards a game. Uh, What's keeping him floating right now is his 11 receptions. So that's kept him from a complete collapse. Uh, So... You know, uh, it's not all all him. I mean, if you're going to give him credit for the Houston defense, then you have to look at the teams he played over the last week two and week three, and you see the Chargers and the Ravens. 
who are very good against the run, so maybe it's not really him. This week, he has another solid matchup uh, against the Patriots before taking on the Raiders. So I don't expect much at a CEH this week, anywhere between an RB12, an RB15, maybe even less. But I want to see what he does against a weak defense. Sorry, Evan. Um, the Raiders, and then that will give us sort of a, a good balance on how he is. Is he someone worth uh, starting as an RB2 maybe flex in, against tough teams and an automatic push start against weak teams or what? But right now it's a mixed bag for CEH. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, he definitely, I don't think, uh, the, first, the there are people who are taking him over Kamara. And I don't think they are uh, very happy with that outcome so far um, with, with CEH. So we'll see how he does against uh, Chiefs. I'm sorry, against a New England team that really schemes to take away what you do best. So it might be CEH by default because they take away Hill and Kelsey like they took away Waller last week. So we'll see how that goes um, in this one. All right. Uh Next game up is going to be Buffalo and the Raiders. It's the last afternoon game. Buffalo is 3-0. Raiders are 2-1. This is a 52-point over-under. Buffalo are 2.5-point road favorites. Uh, John Brown is off the injury report for the Bills. Zach Moss is questionable with a toe. Uh, Dawson Knox is trending to be off the concussion protocol this week for the Raiders. Uh, Ruggs is, quote, a long shot to play on Sunday. And Brian Edwards is out so mike is it hunter renfro season there in uh las vegas yeah well uh, henry ruggs is out too did you is, is that did i miss i that? saw last i saw he was a long shot so essentially out but i didn't see that he was uh, officially out okay so brian edwards is out for certain henry ruggs is probably out yeah uh with those guys out uh last week hunter renfro feasted six receptions 84 yards and a touchdown now he has the weak buffalo defense uh, i think he's going to continue to eat uh and he makes an excellent flex opportunities for all all owners out there that have him so make sure if you do own renfro this is a good week to at least put him in a flex spot yeah i'm um I'm in a must win and I have number one waiver and Renfro's on waivers and I'm debating burning the number one just to put him in a slot to win. Cause I got really demolished by the, by the COVID stuff this week. Um, and it's, it's a tough decision. I, uh, I'm really hoping that, uh, he, he gets through to me, um, after waivers run. So fingers crossed on that one. So Evan, you, have it's your boys but you don't have a question about your boys so what's this about zach moss's injury and galaxy brain yeah here's my galaxy brain take one of the most common questions we've been receiving is should i drop zach moss which we already know my answer is you didn't pick him up for now so Mm -hmm. just keep keep him in the back of the fridge there until you know the party happens but people are now starting to cite his injury and Devin Singletary's emergence. And I argue that that's good for Moss. They drafted him because Devin Singletary, as soon as they start leaning on him too hard, got broke last year. In fact, 
pro football injury. Oh, what pro. Oh, I don't have it open. What is it, the injury predictor site? Sport, sports injury predictor. Thank you. I wanted to give them a shout out. Sports and this injury predictor has a 95% chance that Singletary will get injured this year. So good. Let's have Moss have an injury in a week when it, we're weeks away from him mattering. So the Bills have to lean hard on Singletary and maybe he'll get injured. I hope no one gets injured, but hey, for Moss's stock. I think that him sitting on the bench now it makes it even better. I think Singletary's emergence makes it even better because they'll want to give him too, mid- too much of a workload. Yeah, galaxy-brained or overthinking it? What's your ruling? Well, galaxy-brained and overthinking it are the same thing. Oh, sorry. Negatively overthinking it. I, I'm honestly, I didn't track what you – there was a lot there. Boss's injury is good because it means they'll start leaning on Devin Singletary who gets injured all the time. That's Rube Goldberging your takes, man. Because he may, I mean, he can't, it's possible he doesn't get hurt. Then what? Uh, pro, the, the sports injury predictor has a 95% chance that he'll get hurt. The That's sports injury predictor, high. the sports injury predictor website is garbage. It's good for tracking injuries. It's very bad for uh, uh, predicting injuries. It should be called sports injury uh, um, tracker. Because it, it does not do a great job of predicting injury, especially a guy who's only been in the league one year. Okay. I have a 95% odds that Devin Singletary, Evan Hoovler tracker, says Devin Singletary. I had him last year in a lot of leagues, I, and I watched. And as soon as they leaned on him, he was out. And they could never make him uh, a main back again. They kept bringing him back, and he kept he kept uh, getting, getting dinged up again and again. That's why they drafted Zach Moss. Okay, Mike, do you have a take on this? On what exactly? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking, Evan. Especially because in the last six games, he had 103 rush attempts. They leaned on him fine towards the end of the year. I think you might be misremembering. But then they went out and got Moss. Yeah, because they when they drafted Moss, they said they wanted a guy to take the Frank Gore snaps, and that's what uh, who is much better than Frank Gore, and that's what they did with Zach Moss. Okay, a verdict has been rendered. A verdict rendered. That's my uh, my gavel. I don't know if that showed up on mic. But um, it's Galaxy Brain, to answer your question. <laughs> your question was, is it Galaxy Brain? The answer is yes. That's good, right? The kids think that's good. Kid, the kids are always, they're doing the TikToks and the Galaxy Brains. They love it. They love they the Galaxy Brain. Because they like me, right? They love the Galaxy Brain. It's called Galaxy Brain, folks. We're looking into it. And they don't want us to do it. And they don't like it. But we're looking into it. And, and that's okay. That's okay. All right. Enough of that. Philly, 0-2-1, and the Niners, 2-1. Sunday night football, 45-point over-under. Niners, 6.5-point favorites. George Kittle will be back. Jordan Reed is to IR. Raheem Mostert is out. Jimmy G is out. McKinnon is in. And then the thing that I gasped before we started recording. Debo Samuel is playing on Sunday. Whoa! So that actually plays right into Evan's question about Brandon Ayuk. So last week, Ayuk was over 100 yards, I believe. I think he had 31 on the ground, 70 through the air. But now you got Kittle back. You got Debo Samuel back. I think people who are actually Evan, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'm watching to see if he's reliable, but you've, you've already kind of foreshadowed it. In the meantime, I'm telling people just keep holding him on your bench. Don't start him. We got to see it again. Thing, the pieces, things were weird the last couple of weeks, especially last week. He's good to have on your bench, but don't look elsewhere for your flex plays. 
Yeah, it's um, I don't, I, I wouldn't try to start him this week, especially with Debo and George Kittle back. It's not that I expect a smash game from Debo, but um, the there's just not enough to go around in this 49ers pass game yeah. for all three of them. Looking, I'm looking forward to answering my question, like, hey, what role will you have in a complete offense? That's really my question of the week. You know, how are they going to use Miranda Ayuk, who's who's got some a unique skill set there? Uh, so that'll be fun for Shanahan to play with a bit. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. And then for the 49ers run game, um, I'm firing up my, uh, my Jeff Wilson, uh, Raheem Mostert, not playing, um, Tevin Coleman on IR and, uh, Jarek McKinnon. I think they're going to do the same thing they did last week and, um, just, uh, just ride Jarek McKinnon until the game's out of control and then ride Jeff Wilson. And then for the other side, um, Greg Ward was the only healthy wide receiver this week in practice for the for the Eagles. Um, Rieger was put on IR. Goddard was put on IR. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was uh, ruled out for this weekend. And um, I believe also so was Alshon Jeffrey, who is eyeing a return next week. So um, I don't think it's too homer of me to say uh, the 49ers are going to absolutely smash the Eagles with, uh, with um, no passing game to speak of. But Mike, in this game, going to be a smash what do you think of miles sanders expectations for this week yeah he's been pretty solid since coming off that hamstring injury he missed week one uh so in week two and three he's gained 95 yards uh in each of those games uh he's been an active participant in the passing game but again it hasn't really been a true test the rams and the Bengals aren't really going to be you know someone that you threaten or feel worried about but the 49ers are and even though the 49ers have not really met up with a steadily running back yet, you could say Kenny and Drake, Kyler Murray, kind of same thing there. But they've also gotten Frank Gore, um, those those kind of players. You know, it just hasn't really been a test for the 49ers defense yet. But going off the last year, you know they're good. I expect Sanders to get around 65 to 70 yards uh, and then sort of make up that lack of production through through the air because I can really see the 49ers putting the hurt on the Eagles. And with that, they're going to be a lot of dump offs for Miles Sanders, especially as it gets later in the game. Um, hopefully he has not gotten in zone yet, but hopefully this is the week. Um, I know not hopefully for you, Jeff, but this might be the week after three weeks that Sanders finally gets into the end zone. Sanders can score. That's fine. The 49ers are going for 63. So uh, nine touchdowns from the Niners. So that's uh, that's all I care about. Because what's going to happen is the 49ers are going to run a sweep with Debo, 60 yards for a touchdown. Sweep with Ayuk, 60 yards for a touchdown. Nick Mullins will toss it to George Kittle. He'll break tackle, 60 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Jeff Wilson, catch and run, 60 yards for a touchdown. Guys, it's going to be a great game. I'm not. I, you forgot about the double reverse between Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I didn't get there. There's still like five more touchdowns I got to get through. <laughs> Nick Mullins does a Sam Darnold, runs for 40 yards at a touchdown. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm definitely not going to freak out all Monday because, uh, I mean, the Eagles are, oh, they're going to be, they're 0 2 and 1. I'm not actually too worried. I'm still. Still worried a little bit, though. No Jimmy G. You can't feel good without your starting quarterback, even though Mullins has been doing well. Um, but a team that should be feeling real bad is Atlanta. They are 0-3, and, and they should be 2-1. Green Bay 3-0, 57.5-point over-under. Green Bay 7.5-point favorites. This is Monday Night Football. So we've been getting a lot of questions about Russell Gage. 
Russell Gage, we don't know. He's in concussion protocol. Check on Saturday. Check tomorrow. Because it's not one of those things where, you know, like, oh, it feels a little better. It feels a little better. It feels a little better. It's a switch that flips. You're either in concussion protocol or you're not. You know, you can't, like, test it out. So at this point, we don't know what Russell Gage is going to do. But he is someone that you kind of have to be able to pivot off of easily. I wouldn't depend on having him if you're worrying on Sunday because it is Monday night. Um, and you have nowhere to go. In, in other words, in other words, gauge, gauge on Sunday for his gauge on the gauge for for his injury. There you go. Exactly. Exactly what Mike said. So uh, Julio Jones should play. Calvin Ridley should play. Devonte Adams should play. From what I'm hearing, Alan Lazard had core muscle surgery. He's out for the time being. This and this this led to a wave of MVS being picked up. This is why I'm not comfortable waiting around for Russell Gage because he's not a transcendent talent. He's played well this year, but it's not like last Sunday night where we were waiting around to see what Devontae Adams was going to do. Um, a lot of the pivot options have been picked up because you would only have pivot options in this game, really. Um, and so that's why I'm saying don't try to play Russell Gage this week would be my my idea. So, Evan, can Matt Ryan, despite that, still be a top 12 fantasy quarterback? Yep. You know, in multiple formats, uh, multiple sites, the Discord and, and some other sites, people have been asking, you know, should I start Matt Ryan or should I go get pick up Jared Goff for, you know, Joe Burrow? And my answer was always, no, don't, that's getting too cute. Matt Ryan, just because he had a down week, you're getting too cute. Now, that wasn't the correct thing to answer, even though I still agree with the statement. The correct thing to answer should have been, don't make any decisions like that until we see the Friday injury reports. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have seen the Friday injury reports and Julio's out, Ridley's out. And then I'm like, okay, well, yeah, now it's not getting cute. Now it's up for serious consideration. We saw the other break the other way. So, again, don't get cute with Matt Ryan. But always remember, people, don't – don't make decisions. Uh, don't make decisions that you can't take back after you see the Friday injury report. Wait for the Friday injury report. So it's still they're all banged up. I want to see what Matt Ryan can do, especially after last week when he did have most of his receiving core. But now you've got Julio back. There's no excuse. This is going to be the shootout. This has the highest over under of the week at 57.5. Uh, I'm now wondering, not top 12. I'm wondering more like top six because all the pieces are there for you. Uh, can can it happen? Uh, can we can we continue to ride the Atlanta Falcons needing to play come from behind football uh, in fantasy? All right, um, you know that's that's a good question. I'm wondering because uh, their pass D is pretty good. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It might be uh, a situation where they unfortunately have to go to my favorite player in the whole world, a guy that I love, Todd Gurley, um, or maybe Brian Hill. Uh, he was in my sleepers this week. Uh, that's a preview of my sleepers um, to try to come back. Uh, maybe some dump offs to them because their passing game is very good. So or the passing defense is very good. So, uh, Mike, let's finish this up. Uh, kind of piggybacking on Evan's question. Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan? Yeah, this is going to be an excellent game, I believe. There are a lot of fireworks, uh, as you mentioned. 57 and a half total combined points. The Rodgers has the better uh, opportunity because he is facing a worse defense than Matt Ryan is. But I think both these both these quarterbacks are going to go back and forth in fantasy points. 
I think what's going to break sort of the difference between who has the advantage and who doesn't by the end of the game is which team is going to be in control. Therefore, they're going to run more. And by running more, obviously, you're not passing. And then comparably, the team that's behind is going to throw more. With that said, I think Atlanta is going to be behind more. With that said, I think you go with Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers. Wow, you 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 have a personal vendetta going between you and Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I, I'll admit that I'm wrong about him, but I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I All right. I'd go Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers. I will go Josh Allen over everybody. Yeah. That might Checkmate. be the right choice. Checkmate. All right, boys. That does it for week three in the books. So, Mike, why don't you talk to us about our FanDuel. Again, FanDuel.com slash Football Absurdity. We do a contest every week through the Discord, um, and it's a lot of fun. And whoever scores the most points this season uh, or averages the most points uh, with a minimum of eight weeks played, so you still can get in on this, uh, is getting a little prize pack from us. So, Mike, why don't you talk to us about our lineups that we're submitting this week or our results from last week for the three of us for the lineups we submitted, and then we'll talk about this week. Well, we really don't need to discuss last week's result. What, what oh, we boy. Why is last that week, I finally caught up to Mike like I said I was going to do. <laughs> last week was, was a mirage. And, you know, um, so we, we don't really need to go there. Um, okay. What did I say? Oh, what did I line. say? What did yeah. I say? I said, I'm done trying to play this like a real lineup. I'm just going to try to beat you, Jokers. And what happened? Well... What happened was Jeff won last week by good good amount, 15 That's points. Fair. Put up 131, 131 points last week, uh, which which is not too bad. Uh-huh. Uh me me and Evan were pretty close. Uh, I scored 115.8. Evan scored 115.4. So I came in second, Evan in third. Overall, through three weeks. Mike leads 371. Evan is in second with a 365. And Jeff is right behind us, too, with a 341. Yeah, but but if you look at wins, if you look at wins, I have one a week, and that's all that matters. You do have one week. I have two. Evan, I, I don't know, bro. You need, to, you need to step it up. Step it up, Evan. Step uh, it up. I'm, I'm saving it for a playoff push. Step. <laughs> All right. So why don't we go ahead? Let's talk about our uh, week four lineups for FanDuel. Um, Evan, do you want to go ahead, go first, then Mike, you go, then I will unleash the chaos lineup upon you folks. Sure. Uh, I want a piece of that Dallas Cleveland game. So give me Dak Prescott for 8,200. And then I, Jonathan Taylor's going to flip out one of these weeks. He's going to flip out one of these weeks. So I can't pass him up at 7,500. And then Everyone in New Orleans is injured except Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. So even at 8,800, I had to put Kamara in there, and I'll just find the money somewhere else. I found the money with Justin Jefferson for 5,400. I don't know. I got to watch him anyway. Might as well make him interesting. And then Jeff talked me into Kenny Galladay for 7,300. And then I'll round that out with Tyler Boyd for 6,900. That can't be right. It has to be 6,000. Tyler Boyd is 6,000. I put 69 in there. And, and someone wrote nice next to it, showing that both of us have completely adolescent minds, so that's okay. Then 
I'm a member of the Church of Gusecki, especially at $5,700. Sure, he can be my tight end. And I needed – I had 6000 to spend on a wide receiver. And I don't know. Uh, MJJ was there. What the heck is that guy's name? I'm calling him. I want Marvin to call him Jones. Maurice, Maurice Jones Drew. Um, J. Rue. I mean, that works. Like Drew Holiday. The yeah, NBA like player. J. Rue the Damager. Um, I, I'm, I'm not thrilled about him, but I had 6000 And, you know, this was also when I was wondering if uh, – if uh, Galladay was going to get caught by that huge cornerback. But, hey, that's okay. The Detroit's going to erupt all over New Orleans. It's going to be great. And then I want that Ravens D at the number one most expensive D for 5000 They are angry. They're going to take apart a horrible Washington football team off offense. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to result in a lot of points. So from the top, Dak Prescott, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Justin Jefferson, Kenny Galladay, and Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Who and again is listed for sixty nine dollars, even though I just made a correction in our document here. Mike. Oh really? <laughs> That's MJ, funny. MJJ and Maurice Jones J. Rue, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. That is, and the Ravens defense. There you go. All right, Mike. Let's hear your lineup for this week. So starting at quarterback uh, against that weak Detroit defense, I might have switched it. I probably should should have switched it with no Michael Thomas and no Jared Cook. So. That's a lot of money to spend on two players that he relies on. So I went with Drew Brees at 7,700. Mm-hmm. Um, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook are my running backs. Uh, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, 8,800. Dalvin Cook, 8,700. At wide receiver, Devontae Parker, Derek, DK Metcalf, and Michael Gallup. Uh, Parker, 6,500. Metcalf, 6,900. Michael nice. Gallup. 5,900. Nice minus 10. <laughs> <laughs> I killed Mike. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, uh, tight end. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson, uh, 5,400. And then uh, my flex, James Robinson's neighborhood at 6,600 against that Cincinnati defense. And at defense, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, declaimer, I'm probably going to switch out Drew Brees. I'll let you guys know later who I go with, but Drew Brees is going to be out of my lineup since both Michael Thomas and Jared Cook's out. Okay, fair enough. So I made this lineup. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike, you want to go over it one more time? Drew Brees, which is going to get switched out, or actually, you're probably going to switch up this whole lineup without Drew Brees, huh? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'll probably switch out Drew Brees and then get a better. I don't know what I'm going to do, but yeah, right. it's, it's pretty much going to stay the same, but cause Drew Brees at 7,700, um, yeah, it's going to be a difference, but okay. not, I don't think it's going to be much of a difference outside of that. So I thought I lost last week, so I decided to make the chaos lineup. And once I had made the chaos lineup, I had to stick with it because it's the chaos lineup. So it starts, I'll start. I'll do it a little bit different. So it starts with a defense at Baltimore. Not bad. I mean, that's the, the highest priced defense. Evan, you have Baltimore as well. Then I go Alvin Kamara, which we have straight across. He's a free square for us this week. It's not going to help any of us because he's going to smash. Then I went with the best play of the week, Kenyon Drake. I think against Carolina, he's a great play. But this isn't what the chaos lineup is. Here's what the chaos lineup is. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I am going ham on that matchup because I think that that game is going to be 
insane. I think that it's going to end up like a 45 to 38 game. And I think that getting part of the passing games is exactly what you want to do um, in that game, especially because um, guys like Preston Williams, 5,500 bucks, super cheap. Uh, I think Fitzmagic at 71 is a is a steal. I think 7100 bucks for Fitzmagic is a steal. And um, love Mike Kosicki. So that's Fitzpatrick at 71, Kamara at 88, Drake at 7K, Parker at 6500. That's uh, a Devontae Parker. And then I got uh, Tyler Lockett at 75, DK Metcalf 69, nice, is a steal. Gesicki 57, Preston 5500, Baltimore 5000. I'm going chaos lineup. I'm going for Miami Dolphins. Wow. I'm going for because no matter what Fitzpatrick does, well, Q, he's going to throw some passes to, it's going to be passes to Matt Breida, to Miles Gaskin, but I'm going chaos lineup, guys. Like I said, I made this before I realized I won last week and I decided to just stick with the chaos lineup. For Miami Dolphins and Kenyon Drake. Yes, a former Miami Dolphin. But six guys, I'm going six guys in one game. That's my plan. And that, I can't that get, is chaos, for sure. That is that is chaos lineup, baby. So that'll do it, I think, for this week's episode of the fun th- week, and he just goes nuts. I I get <laughs> I get mad with power. I I get unlimited chaos. Call uh, last week was the Chaos Emeralds, and call me Sonic the Hedgehog, baby. All right, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Uh, my name has been Jeff Crisco. It still is, and Waleed says the number two wide receiver in Chicago is Anthony Miller. So Mike for Evan, take that, Mike. This is Jeff. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Bye-bye.